Have you ever felt weighed down by debt? The constant worry, the sleepless nights, the feeling that you'll never dig yourself out? Now imagine paying off a staggering $173,000 in under four years and finally achieving financial freedom. In this episode, I'm sharing my journey to become debt-free along with the actionable lessons learned that can help you achieve your own financial goals. Stay tuned. Hey there, goal getter. I'm Monique Malcolm, your host, productivity expert, and coach. Are you ready to bid farewell to overwhelm and fear and start making some real strides in your life? Then buckle up because the Take Tiny Action podcast is the solution you've been waiting for. In each episode, we'll share actionable insights, personal stories, and arm you with the tools you need to tackle life's biggest challenges one tiny step at a time. So grab a cozy drink, take a deep breath, and get ready to take the first steps towards a life you love. Welcome to Take Tiny Action, where I empower you to take control of your life one tiny action at a time. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I'm sharing my debt-free journey. And I am a little nervous, I'm going to be honest, because money is such a loaded subject. It's loaded whether you have a lot of money or you have a little bit. People have very, very big feelings about money, what we should be doing with it, how we should be spending it, how we should be saving it. Trust me, there are no shortage of opinions and feelings around the topic of money. However, about a week ago, just after coming back from Craftcation, I shared uh, in my Instagram stories about how my husband and I had paid off $173,000 in debt in just under four years. This was actually a little peach that I shared at um, Craftcation because they had this room with the nectar list. And the idea was you should share something that you've already accomplished. It's the opposite of a bucket list. And that was the thing that I shared. And so I got a lot of DMs, a lot of questions about how do we do it? People wanting me to share more about that journey, some of the things that worked and just have more money conversations in general. And I'm super open to this because I have wanted to have more money conversations, especially on this podcast, but it feels very scary to share like money details with strangers on the internet. But you know, my motto is to not let fear have all the fun. So we are going to have the first of what I believe will be many money conversations. And I think it's appropriate that in order to have some conversations about money and for me to lead them, I should share with you where I started and how I got to where I'm at today. So we're going to go back to the beginning of this journey and I will break down some of the things that happened. One thing that I'm really hoping by sharing this is that it will help people see what is possible for them. In my experience, I have learned that seeing what has been possible for others expands the limits of what I believe is possible for myself. And so I'm hoping that by sharing this, someone will take some of this information and maybe start their debt-free journey or even better, pay off all their debt and be debt-free. So that is my big ambition for this episode. I have broken down my story into a few core parts, like the starting point. So going over what the debt was made of and how I believe we got there. I will share with you my plan, some of the strategies that I use to pay off our debt. I'll also go through some of the difficulties that we um, faced while we're doing this. And then the results, because it wasn't just that $173,000 that was our results. There were other things that happened. And then I will wrap things up with sharing my lessons learned. So if you're ready, let's get started. 
the starting point. What did this $173,000 worth of debt consist of? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. So it consisted of student loans. Approximately $110,000 was student loans. This is both my student loans and my husband's student loans. So that was our combined total. Also, $34,000 worth of credit card debt. And this was across various credit cards, some more than others, but there were several at play in this point. My husband's car loan, so about another $21,000 worth of debt. And then the balance was made up by miscellaneous installment loans. And here is a little point that I need to make a note of. I don't actually know the exact dollar amount of our entire debt. When I started this debt-free journey in December of 2018, I put in at the time what I had available like as far as debt in that spreadsheet. But I did not think or know stuff was going to move as quickly as it did. So I wasn't really tracking it as I would if I were doing this again because I just didn't know at the time. And so I don't actually have a complete exact number of what the debt was. But I do know there were furniture purchases that we made like with an installment loan, a Peloton purchase. And so loosely I'm figuring all of those things into the number, but it's roughly 173K. I don't think it's less, maybe slightly more. I just want to throw that out there. So how do we get here? There's a few things that I think play into how we got here. The first one being We just did not have a solid foundation in personal finance or financial literacy. And I think a lot of people are experiencing this, especially if you're a millennial. This feels like the story that I'm having with so many people, so many friends. Logically, we understood the basics. You go to work, you get a paycheck, you use your paycheck to pay your bills. Maybe you save a little bit of it, but you spend a lot of it. And that's just all I knew. Growing up, we didn't have, we weren't like in poverty, but we didn't have a ton of money. And what I have learned as an adult is your parents can only really give you what they had. And neither of my parents really knew anything about investing, investing or building wealth or anything of that nature. And so they didn't talk to me about those things. They basically told me the basics. You're going to go to work. You're going to get a job. You'll have a checking and a savings. And You will have to get a credit card and get credit to buy things. And that was what I got. And that's what I went out into the world with. What I feel like I've done really well, and I want to say this because you'll learn through like going through a debt-free journey, you have to forgive yourself for the things that you did not know when you didn't know them. What I do feel like I did well as a young adult, I always paid my bills on time, certain bills. I always paid my rent on time. I always paid my car on time. I always paid my light bill on time. Those things never got shut off. There were some other things that fell through the crack, but that's not the point. I knew how to pay my bills to survive, but not much more outside of that. So that I think that plays into a lot of the story. Another thing is not understanding how expensive debt is and how quickly interest can accumulate. This, again, is one of those things where I think we understand logically what interest is, but conceptually, we don't actually know or understand how that plays out into what we actually have to pay. Unless you're someone who is really, really dialed in on your financial numbers, 
However, I'm going to assume if you have a lot of debt, six-figure debt like we did, you probably aren't that dialed into your financial numbers. And so you don't really realize how quickly the interest is piling up on you. The next one's fairly obvious. We were spending more than we had. We were making a certain amount of money and we were spending extra on top of that through credit cards and other things. So that contributed to why we were how we got there. Another thing that happened, a medical crisis, that was me, and a job loss, my husband, they happened at the same time. And I found myself in the hospital and we didn't have any insurance. And so I had to charge some things onto my credit card. Thankfully, in the middle of that saga, my husband got a new job and he had benefits that started right away. So it wasn't as bad financially as it could have been. It was pretty bad. But I still had to pay co-pays and uh, deductibles for this health thing that I was going through. And they are really pricey. So that helped add on to this debt. Also, another factor I want to throw out here, I made a not great financial decision and I charged something very expensive for my business onto my credit card and then realized I couldn't actually afford to pay it back. So that added to that as well. Overall, I think the biggest thing outside of spending more than I had was ignoring the reality of my financial situation because it was too uncomfortable to face. There was a period of time where I knew the numbers were not looking good. We were paying a ton in monthly payments. The interest was eating us alive. And I still was not getting clear on what the numbers actually were because I was too afraid to look at that because it made me feel really uncomfortable. I had a lot of shame. I did not know what to do or how to feel about that. And so all of these things, contributed to what ended up being $173,000 worth of credit card and student loan and other debt. So what changed? In December 18, I had like what I call a come to Jesus moment. I was feeling very weighed down and ashamed about our debt. I had a Wells Fargo credit card at the time that started out with a nice, cute, just low amount of money that they were lending me. And slowly they started creeping it up. And slowly I started charging it up. And before I knew it, I had this high monthly payment, about 400 plus dollars I was paying out every month. And most of that was going to interest. And it felt very unsustainable. I recognized at that point that I could not go on like that and I needed to find a better way. That's when I made the decision that I wanted us to be debt free, that I really and truly wanted to be debt free. I wanted to pay off everything, including the student loans. And I would do anything to make that happen. So here is the plan. Throughout my financial journey, I used a variety of strategies to pay off our debt. Some of them are common strategies that you'll find if you Google online. But then also there were some opportunities that I took advantage of that really helped me be able to pay things off a lot faster. So I'm going to share a few of those with you. The first thing I did was I set some money rules for my husband and I, and these were just things that applied specifically to our situation because knowing that we had such a large amount of debt, I did not, I wanted to figure out a way to lessen the sting of paying back these thousands of dollars. I didn't want it to feel like all of my money was going to debt payoff. So here are the rules that I came up with. I was going to pay 20% of any cash influxes. So that's tax returns, bonuses, 
income spikes from my business into my emergency fund. Now, this flies in the face of wisdom by Dave Ramsey, who advocates for his baby steps, and he wants you to save just $1,000 for an emergency fund. That didn't feel like enough to me because I had gone through that health crisis, and I knew how expensive that was. So having just $1,000 set aside for an emergency, that didn't feel like enough. So I decided that I would still take 20% of any extra money we had and put it into our emergency fund. That felt really good for me. That felt sustainable and it worked. Not advocating for other people to do that, but that's what I did. So that was the first rule. The second money rule was pretty common sense. It was just making sure that we covered all of our basic expenses and any known upcoming expenses that were very important. So things like my son's braces. We knew that was coming. So we wanted to make sure we set aside money for that. And then after we did those things, we applied any leftover money to the smallest debt, aka we used the snowball method. So again, these were just rules that worked for us. I really enjoyed using the snowball method. Dave Ramsey is credited with pioneering that. And it worked fabulous for us until we got to the end. And I'll explain to you why uh, we had to change strategies towards the end later on, because it'll make more sense in the context. But those were our basic rules. They were very simple, nothing excessive. And this applied to extra money. So like I said, tax returns, bonuses, any income spikes from my business. These were the rules that I used to handle what we were going to do with that extra money. The next strategy that I used that really worked well was organizing all of our debt in a debt reduction spreadsheet. I found a free one online. I swear by it. Anyone who talks to me about paying off debt, I share this with them. I will link to it in the show notes so that you can have it as a resource. It was fantastic. It helped me understand the complete picture of our debt. My favorite thing about it was this particular spreadsheet, once you put in all of your debts, all of your interest rates, all of your minimum monthly payments, it calculated everything for you, told you this is the minimum amount of money you need to pay every month, and then it asked you how much extra could you add on top of that. And then it calculated how long it would take you to pay off the debt based on your chosen strategy. So it had things like the snowball method and the avalanche method and some other things. And you could kind of choose and play around with the numbers and see how long it would take you. Would it take you four years? Is it going to take you 10 years? But seeing that was very eye-opening for me and extremely helpful. So my third strategy was we utilized the snowball method to jumpstart the momentum. So I talked about this briefly in the last one, but what the snowball method essentially does is you take all of your debts, you line them up from smallest to largest, and then you pay as much as possible to the smallest balance while paying the minimum payments on every other obligation. And what this does is it gives you a psychological win, like a very quick win that your brain likes. It feels like you're making fast progress because, oh my gosh, this small credit card that had this balance, I'm paying it off so much faster. And you really like that. And it helps you to really kind of jumpstart the momentum behind paying off larger, massive debt. So that worked really well for us for a while until it didn't. So the plan was for us to attack the credit card payments first because those had the highest interest and then my husband's car payment and then the student loans. The first significant turning point for this journey came when 
I got a zero interest credit card balance transfer promotion and we used it to pay off our high interest credit card with no interest. So up until that point, we had been snowballing. It was going well. We were paying off these smaller credit cards and I, I got this promotion. We did not actually have a zero balance on that card. So I had to clear out some of the money from our emergency fund and use some funds for my business to pay off the balance on the card that had that special promotion. And once I did that, we did a balance transfer of that high interest rate card to that card. And that allowed us one year to pay that card with no more interest. Now, here's a caveat. This is a good strategy, but only if you're going to pay off the credit card within that first year, because balance transfers do come with fees. But by my calculation, the fee was going to be roughly about $500 to pay for the balance transfer. We were paying about $250 every month in interest. So my thought was in two months, we would have paid this fee anyway. I wanted to do it. So we did that. That really picked up the pace for this because by the 14th month, we had paid down all of the credit cards. We paid off $34,000 in credit card payments in about 14 months. And that freed up so much money because we had so much money tied up every month in minimum monthly payments. And we were able to use that money to pay down other debts even faster. So that was a really big turning point in this process. In December of 2019, so a year after I decided I wanted to get out of debt, I finally learned how to budget. Up until that point, we had gone that first year paying off our debt. We still were not budgeting. I still did not have a a real good handle and understanding on how to make budgeting work for me until I found You Need a Budget, which is my favorite budgeting app. I swear by it. I tell everybody about it. It was amazing. I really learned how to budget by using YNAB's four money rules. Those were a very, like a game changer for me. And I was able to use YNAB to set monthly targets for spending. So how much money did we need to run our household? And then tracking our debt payoff and setting goals for that. How much extra money I can put aside for those types of things. And it was all in one place. I love it. I still use it today. And I think I'm going to always use it because it just, I can't say enough good things about it. It was just such a different approach to budgeting. It's the first time that budgeting for me didn't feel like I was sacrificing things and having to cut so many things out. They really made it seem like it was really about money allocation and choice. So if you have $20 and it's in your um, fund money, do you want to use those fund money dollars to buy a new shirt? And if you do, then you move that money over and you put it into your clothing budget and you use it and you go on about your business. And then in the the times where you overspend your budget, they're like, okay, you're going to cover that overspending with funds from another budget category. And it just changed everything for me. It really made budgeting feel sustainable and and something that I could understand. And I'm going to do another episode just about why not, because it was so helpful. I just want to share it with every single person. And I will actually add a resource to the show notes about a YNAB class I taught like maybe two years ago to kind of get you the how to do YNAB in an hour because seriously, I love it so much. So I will link that in the show notes so that you can check it out if you're interested in learning about you need a budget. After we got the credit card paid off, we started focusing on chopping down my husband's car loan. So our plan was for the next year 
to make 12 equal monthly payments that would get us to having the car paid off by December. I was really excited about this. This was my stretch goal. At the time, I did not know if we were going to be able to do it, but that was my big goal. Well, we actually had an unexpected financial windfall in July of that year. And this was because my husband's job. He works in sales and every year they have a big sales celebration. Well, this was during COVID and we couldn't travel that year. So they canceled the sales celebration. And instead of having the celebration, they paid out everybody a lump sum amount based on, I guess, how much they allot for each person. Once I got that deposit, I realized that we could use that money to pay off his car ahead of schedule. And I was so excited. I went ahead and I paid off the car. Great. Well, this is when another thing, another opportunity or idea came to me. I was like, we paid off his car about six months or five months ahead of when we had planned to. We still have the remainder of this year. We can start tackling our student loans about six months ahead of schedule. That is my final strategy. We took advantage of the student loan payment pause. At the time, my thought process was maybe we would be able to make a dent in that amount or even cut it in half if we're lucky because the pause was going to be expiring and all of these things. And I just really thought right now, while our finances are really stable, my husband's doing well in his job, we should try to throw whatever money we can at the student loan. And this is where I said the 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 snowball method stopped working for us. It would have still worked. But at this point, I thought it was a smarter play if we tackled the larger disbursements of our student loans versus focusing on the small ones. So I don't, when I ask other people about this, they say that their accounts are not set up like mine. So it makes me question if we actually consolidated our student loans like we thought we were going to. But basically in my account and in my husband's account, I can see every individual student loan disbursement that he received while he was in college. So we took all of those loans, put them in our spreadsheet, put the interest rates, and I focused on paying off the biggest loans first. My husband had his his most expensive loan was about $14,000. Just one, one disbursement had accumulated so much interest. It was $14,000. That was my focus. And then there was one that was $10,000. That was my focus. And I played it like that because my thought process was, if the loans go off of pause, I think it'll be a lot easier for us to pay a $1,200 student loan payment than trying to knock down an $8,000 one or a $10,000 one. So that, that was our plan. We just took any extra money, any bonuses, and sent them to student loan payments. I really didn't know how much headway we would make with that strategy because the payment pauses were getting ready to be stopped and then they got renewed and then they stopped. But I just wanted to do whatever we could in that time. And by the beginning of 2023, no, 2022, we had paid off a pretty decent chunk of it. And I was like, all right, we're going to spend the rest of this year or as long as they have it on pause, trying to pay off as much as we can, as quickly as we can. And by August, 2022, I was able to save the last bit of money that we needed to pay off our student loans in full. So as of today, we don't have any other debt 
outside of our mortgage. And I know some people might be like, well, you're not completely debt free. Okay, technically we are not, but I don't count the mortgage only because we can sell our house. And if we sell our house, we won't have that debt. So in my mind, we're debt free because we're, we still need a place to live. So we're always going to have to pay for a place to stay, but we can get out of the, the mortgage debt. It's not like a credit card. You can't sell that to anybody else. Okay. So that is the full journey, the 44 month journey that led to being able to pay off all of our debt. I want to talk a little bit about difficulties and setbacks. Now, I don't actually remember there being any significant setbacks. I actually had to ask my husband if he remembers anything and he said no. But as far as difficulties, there were a few. The biggest one for me personally was letting go of the guilt and shame around my debt. I had a lot of heavy feelings and felt really weighed down by the debt and just the shame about it. How did I let this happen? How did I let it get so bad? And why was I making these horrible money mistakes? And I really had to learn how to forgive myself for those past financial mistakes because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know and you do the best best with what you have. And that's, I had to learn to give myself some grace and say like, you did the best with what you had, with the information you had available, you made the best decisions. And Sometimes they didn't work out as well as you would have liked, but you can make a new decision and you can change. So letting go of that took a long while. But once I started seeing progress happen and really getting some momentum around paying off the debt, I felt less guilt. I felt less less shame. And I wanted to, to share it with my family and my friends and talk to them about what we were doing to get out of debt. The other difficulty is just Staying disciplined when you want to do something else with the money. Because let's be honest, nobody wants to pay $110,000 to student loans. I did not want to pay that. I had some resistance around that initially. But I realized that the more that I made progress on these payments and seeing the number go down and realizing how close we were getting, the more excited I was to pay more. And I had to learn how to shift my mindset from this place of, oh, well, you can do this with that money to no, this money is earmarked for debt payoff and I'm going to pay off the debt and I'm going to be free from this. But trust me when I tell you, nobody wants to pay back debt. That's why debt is so easy to accumulate because you start getting into your head about all of the other things you could do with the money if you didn't have to pay back the debt. But that is just a self fulfilling prophecy for racking up a ton of debt. You really have to get yourself into a different headspace and think about the future and what you're going to do once you get out of debt. Another thing that came up was the what what um YNABers, people who use you need a budget, we call it being YNAB poor. Being YNAB poor is the the idea behind YNAB is that every dollar has a job. So when you get your paycheck you assign your money a job. So you say like, okay, this amount is going to go to paying my rent. This will go to gas. And you have all of these like budget categories that you fill. Well, once you start doing that in the beginning, you realize the money does not go as far as you would like it to go. And it's this sense of feeling like you don't have enough money because you've assigned money to its jobs. And so you don't have enough. And so we call that being YNAP poor. And so learning to work through that, getting a paycheck and then filling out my budget categories and then seeing like, dang, I actually don't have any money left over. There is no money for pizza. 
that was that took some getting used to. And but it, one of the beautiful things about using YNAB, as you use the system, you get out of debt, you start uh, really relying on it and using your budget to make financial decisions. You feel that 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 strain less and you actually get really excited about budgeting and what's to come. So those were really the difficulties. I think it was just a lot of mindset things. Um, this happened a lot faster than I planned for. I think I probably said that multiple times, but you have to think for context. I graduated college in 2006 and I paid off my student loans in 2022. So I carried those student loans for 16 years making no progress on it. And in about four years, we were able to really focus and pay that off. Paying off that massive amount of debt was our main goal, but there were some other amazing things that happened outside of that that were directly related to getting the debt paid off. The first one was having a positive net worth for the first time in our adult lives. Again, we didn't come from families that told us a lot about saving for retirement or investing But if you are in six-figure debt, you have negative six figures worth of net worth. So we actually have a positive net worth for the first time in our adult lives. In 2020, we bought our first house. That was amazing. Such a great experience. And now we live in said house. We also opened Roth IRAs and started maxing them out. This is another major win for two people who knew almost nothing about investments, investment products or saving for retirement, we actually invest regularly through our IRAs, my husband's 401k, my simple 401k, and then having just traditional brokerage accounts. So I am ecstatic about just those things. And they all came from paying off that massive amount of debt. You sat through my entire journey. So here are your actionable takeaways. Here are the lessons that I learned. The first one is that it's never too late to start. And I can say this with confidence as an old millennial. I know some of my peers are are feeling like they are late to the game. They don't know if it's still worth it. It's still worth it. No matter how much debt you have or how long you've had it, it's never too late to start paying it off. Every tiny step that you take towards paying off your debt, that adds up over time. This is the philosophy behind taking tiny action, that over time, Those tiny actions compound and they deliver big results. So you can start today. You can start very small, but you have to start and it's not too late to start. So don't get that in your head that, oh, I'm too, I'm too old. No, you're not. You're still living. You're still breathing. You can still make it happen. The other thing is that consistency is key. Paying off debt requires consistent effort and it requires discipline and it requires dedication. And you might have setbacks. You might have challenges. There may be obstacles along the way, but it's really important to stay focused on your goal and keep trying to make progress and measuring that progress and just keep pushing forward. This one is a big one for me. Know your numbers. Know your numbers because you can't get out of debt if you don't have a clear picture of your financial standing. You need to know what you owe. You need to know who you owe it to. And you need to know the amount of interest that you are paying on that debt. Knowing our numbers is what really allowed me to spot opportunities that allowed us to pay down our debt faster. So when I told you about the credit card balance transfer promotion, if I didn't know our numbers, I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of that. The student loan pause, again, if I didn't know our numbers, if I hadn't realized that we paid off the car, 
well ahead of schedule and that the student loan payments were still paused and that I could try to make a dent in that number, we would not have paid off that debt. So knowing your numbers really allows you to make better financial decisions. It allows you to see opportunities and take advantage of them if they're available. You need a budget, okay? That's the name of the app, but it's also a thing. You need a budget. Developing a realistic budget is crucial for managing your finances effectively. So not even just for debt payoff, just in general. Tracking your income and expenses to identify the areas that you can cut back. You can use it to allocate more money towards your debt. And here is the thing. Once you have a budget and you are using it, you have to stop using your bank balance to make decisions. You have to train yourself to stop doing that. Because if you're using a zero-based budget like YNAB, every dollar now has a job. So the money that's in your bank account represents your working dollars. You should be making purchasing decisions by consulting your budget, not by how much money is in your checking account. Another really important lesson and personal finance gurus, money gurus may disagree with me, but I believe saving is just as important as paying off debt. Yes, I understand interest rates and saving your money when that money could be paying off debt, you could be saving interest and things like that. But we cannot neglect the fact that certain groups of people, women, people of color, different groups of people have not had access to money and like sound financial advice. And so if you forego saving for an emergency or, um, you know, not putting money aside to only focus on debt payoff. And if your debt payoff is going to take you a while, you're losing out on valuable years that you could be saving for your retirement and you can't get those years back. I personally don't think having a $1,000 emergency fund is enough money. That's just my lived experience. I also don't think that I want to be paying thousands of dollars in debt and not putting any money aside for myself or for my family or for my future. This is a judgment call that you have to make. I realized that maybe we could have paid things off even faster had we not set that emergency fund money aside, but I also have no regrets. I did what I felt was the best for my situation, and then I acted on that. So you have to consider your situation, but I do think that saving even while you're paying off debt, is still very important. The final lesson is to celebrate every milestone along your debt-free journey. You don't have to wait until the end to celebrate your progress. Every tiny action that keeps you headed in the right direction is worth celebrating. And this will keep you motivated and encourage you to continue making progress. And you know, I cannot let you leave this episode without a take tiny action now. So here's your 30-minute tiny action for this episode. I want you to download the debt reduction spreadsheet that I mentioned earlier and fill it out with all of your debt details. Get a good, solid picture of what you owe and then use those numbers and your new understanding of your financial picture to formulate a plan for yourself. This is your first step. This is the first step towards getting out of debt. So do not neglect doing this. I have a link to it in the show notes. Download it, fill it out. You don't have to share with anybody. But if you have a significant other and you're working towards this together, share it with them. But take that first step. Your future self will thank you so much. Wrapping things up, one thing that I did not expect to happen after paying off all of that debt is how much it would shift my belief in myself and what is truly possible for me. It has changed me in ways that I can't even begin to explain. And I have 
sat on this. I've tried to process this. I've tried to think through this for many months now. And there, I just can't even come up with enough words to describe how truly amazing I feel about this and how it's happened and how it feels to no longer be in survival mode and not live paycheck to paycheck and how I feel more confident than ever and that I can make moves now in my life and my business that were not available to me before. It has really opened up so many doors and really expanded the the limits of what I feel is possible. It's also very humbling and I feel very grateful because this is something that I prayed about for years. I prayed about this for years. I even have a journal from 2016 when I was going through the health crisis where I wrote about things that I really wanted for my life. In addition to writing in that journal, I wanted to write a book. I also wrote, I wanted to be debt free. And it has happened and I'm here and I'm I'm so grateful and just I don't have enough words and, and the way that it all unfolded, there's there's nothing I would change about it. So I really want to encourage you to decide if, if debt free, being debt free is really important to you. And if that's something that you want to put the effort and energy into, because it does take effort and it does take focus and energy and discipline. And if that is something that you want to do, I really encourage you to go for it. I encourage you to learn as much about personal finance and financial literacy as you can. Read everything that you can. Read books, read forums, question things. Try to make a plan for yourself and try to envision your life on the other side of that debt and and how much better things could be for you once you got on that side. This episode ran a little longer than I planned, but I have a lot to say about debt and money and personal finance and just there's even more to come. But for today, I just want to leave you with start taking tiny action towards paying off that debt. And if you are ready to dive deeper, you want to become a tiny action taker. I would love to have you join me over on the newsletter, Take Tiny Action Weekly. You can sign up at taketinyaction.com backslash newsletter, and you will start getting an email on Wednesday. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, keep taking those tiny actions daily. 